coming up on Ministry in the Marketplace. It's let's quit running from Memphis. Let's quit talking bad about Memphis. Let's quit trashing Memphis. That's just a sample of what you'll hear in today's conversation with Dr. Steve Gaines of Bellevue Baptist Church. And every time our people go into an inner city group, they're taking a, a local mission trip, if you will, because Memphis is our mission field. Ministry in the Marketplace. Times are changing for believers. A new day, a new paradigm is dawning for Christians in the United States. The political and social scenes are shifting. Persecution looms ominously on the horizon. Political correctness overshadows truth. Compromise is preferred to conviction. Truth is blurred, vision declines, and individual liberty evaporates. Is the future all gloom and doom? Does this spell the end of the church? Of course not. We serve a mighty God. His light has always shined brighter in the darkness. But it is a time to take a stand, to reflect Jesus Christ, and to make a difference. Where we live, where we work, in the marketplace. This is Ministry in the Marketplace. Real people, real lives, making real impact for the kingdom of God. And here with today's Ministry in the Marketplace is Reverend Richard Hamlet. I want to welcome you today to Ministry in the Marketplace. We're so glad that you've joined us. We're going to take a look into God's Word now. I've chosen the book of Acts, chapter 17. I want to read two verses, verses 16 and 17. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers, and in the marketplace daily with those who happen to be there. Now, we're so thankful that we have God's Word to look into today. And remember, this program really is designed to bring real-time experiences and inspirational challenges from the Word of God regarding the Great Commission, that the Great Commission is not something that is done primarily within the church walls or within the sanctuary or within the cathedral, but it is done in the marketplace, in the streets, in the highways, in the byways of our city, our country, and all over this world. And so as we look at this text this morning, first, I want you to notice the setting. Now, in this context, in Acts chapter 17, Paul had received his Macedonian call earlier to take the gospel to Europe and to leave Asia. Now, as he was going on his missionary journey, he traveled to Thessalonica, and then he went from Thessalonica over to Athens, which is near present-day Greece and Macedonia. He was uh, in the midst of a setting which had much idolatry. Now, as we think of idolatry today, if you're like me, you think of a golden calf like we see in the Old Testament, or we think of some kind of statue of stone. You know, I just returned from New Delhi, India last week. And fresh on my mind is seeing all of those Hindu temples and all of those idols, those pictures of creation that are worshipped, unfortunately, as gods. With all of the millions of gods within that Eastern religion, my heart was stirred like Paul's when I was there in New Delhi, even last week. And I saw the great idolatry that was there within those false gospels. 
Now, we can bring that closer to home today here within the United States because we may not have the golden calves and we may not have the wood statues and we may not have the shrines that others see as idols, but in Christendom in the United States, our churches are full of idols and professing Christendom has idols of materialism, of spiritual adultery, of many other things that are offensive to our gracious and loving God. And so picture Paul as he's there looking out in Athens on Mars Hill in this setting, and he sees all of these different monuments or different idols that are constructed, each one to name a different Grecian god, a pagan god, and he walks up to a tomb, and this is after the text we read this morning, but within this chapter, he walks to a tomb and he sees the word to an unknown God. Now, that was a catch-all for that context in their setting of that time to make sure that that culture did not leave out any of their pluralistic gods. Today, it is more important than ever that as we live each day as Christians, as salt and light in the markets that God has placed you and I in, that we understand that the setting is one of the culture. But the good news is that the gospel is cross-cultural. The gospel was sufficient to change and transform souls and people there in Athens, and it is able to transform and save to the uttermost those who are in idolatry here today in the United States. So what a great word of hope we have. And why has the world not turned to Christ? Well, idolatry is rampant all around our globe. But we can be faithful in the marketplace, and we can be a sweet aroma, and we can be one who declares in our proclamation and practice that Jesus Christ alone is worthy to be worshipped. And the second observation I see here, not only was the setting there in idolatry, but also notice the stirring The Apostle Paul, as he was waiting in Athens, the Bible says that his spirit was provoked within him when he saw the city was given over to idols. Now, each of us and all of us, we have family members and friends and associates and maybe people we recreate with that are not professing Christians. And, you know, it's important that we have friends that are not Christians. It's important that we reach out to those who are not just like us in our theological beliefs and maybe even within the essentials of the gospel. There's a difference between friendship and fellowship. And it's important that we have a friendship with those in the world so we can reach them for Christ in the markets. But we must be careful not to assume or actually adhere to their idols. And surely you and I... As followers of Christ, in our marketplace, we should pray that God would give us a stirring because someone can gain the whole world, you know, but they can lose their soul. Someone can dominate the markets of commerce and music and arts and culture. They can be a great monument of success here within our great world economy in the United States. But still, at the end of the day, on their last day and last breath, they can come up short because they have not been born again by the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is why Paul was stirred. He was stirred because he had a passion for those who were lost, those who were outside of the new covenant of Jesus Christ. Uh, He was stressed. He was provoked, the scripture says. We must have that same burden, or if we don't have it, we should pray for it today. But we should be stirred in our hearts because they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so the stirring was of God. The Holy Spirit was there, obviously working in Paul's heart in his ministry. 
The last observation I have labeled the saturation. <laughs> Not only was there the setting, it was idolatry, it was a pluralistic pagan culture. Not only was there a stirring Paul had from the Holy Spirit on this lostness of humanity and their need for Christ in the marketplace, but then we see the saturation. What did Paul do about this? Did he just say, oh, this challenge is too great? It may be possible with God, but not with Paul. And I'm now going to look for my exit strategy, and I'm going to go out and find those who are going to want to hear what I have to say and maybe have that wonderful time of Bible study and coffee and donut and that time in the Lord. No. Paul said, I'm going to go out and preach the gospel. And so Paul reasoned in the synagogue. The word really comes with debating. It was apologetics. He was defending the faith. And then he was with the Gentile worshipers. But then he went into the marketplace daily. In other words, Paul was a walking sermon. He was a living epistle, a testimony for Christ. He was in the marketplace with the upper class, the lower class, and the outcasts. So you and I today, where God has us, may we be faithful as Paul and saturate our setting or our climate or our market with the good news of Jesus Christ. Still ahead on Ministry in the Marketplace. We believe with all of our heart that God wants us to reach this city, the entire city, not run from anybody, not leave a neighborhood because it's, quote, changing, end quote, but let us change our changing neighborhoods with the gospel. We'll hear from Dr. Steve Gaines, pastor of Bellevue Baptist Church, about making Memphis our mission field. What is Ministry in the Marketplace? In some ways, the answer is self-explanatory, but defining the concept is essential to effective and efficient ministry. At GMF, we define it as a holistic approach to meeting people in the workplace, where they are, and guiding them to Jesus Christ. It's also encouraging them in their ongoing relationship with Him. We want our colleagues to know Christ personally, not to simply know more about Him. Someone has said, Marketplace Ministry is the army deployed by God in the spiritual war zone of the workplace. But this is a different kind of army. This army fights with spiritual weapons, and that's not hitting people over the head with the Bible. Remember, Jesus is described as a lion, a lamb, and a dove. We are to be as bold as lions concerning truth, as meek as lambs concerning our rights and gentle as doves in sharing and relating to people at our work. Learn more about Ministry in the Marketplace at gmfonline.org. That's gmfonline.org. Thank you for joining us for Ministry in the Marketplace. Today in our Real Time in the Marketplace segment, you'll hear from Dr. Steve Gaines, Senior Pastor of Bellevue Baptist Church. Dr. Gaines is known nationally for his fearless stand on the Word of God, his deep prayer life, and for his New Testament style of -of out-of-the-box ministry. His philosophy of church-based ministry reaches out into the community and the marketplaces of Memphis. And here with that conversation is your host, Richard Hamlet. We are so thankful to have a very special guest with us today, Brother Steve Gaines who is the pastor of the Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis. This is special to us. This is Ginger and I's home church. And so we're grateful that he's with us today. Brother Steve, welcome. Thank you. Good to be with you. 
And uh, in our segment, the Ministry of the Marketplace, Brother Steve, we have been considering how important it is for Christ's church to be mobilized and to go into the streets and in the marketplace where the people are. First question I have for you today is this. Uh, can you share with the audience your philosophy as a megachurch pastor regarding ministry outside the church walls? I think uh, it needs to be considered in balance. I think the church location where you actually are needs to be a place of ministry where people come and they hear the Word of God preached, where they can worship the Lord, where their entire family can come and grow in grace and have uh, opportunities to uh, grow and also to serve. But I do believe not only that the uh, church building should be a place of ministry, but a base of ministry from which you go out. We talk about two things when we talk about service at Bellevue. We talk about serving in and serving out, and I think those are good analogies. I believe that serving in, there's so many opportunities for our people to serve their uh, brothers and sisters there at Bellevue, and we really try to connect. When people join our church and they get baptized, we try to get them, number one, in a life group. That's what we call Sunday school. And then we try to get them involved in a service project or some type of ministry in the church. But then we t talk also about serving out and, again, using the church as a base of ministry. And I think that's real important. I, I think that I'm all for any ministry that's glorifying Jesus. Uh, and parachurch ministries are great. But, you know, when the, when the ministry out is uh, based in the church, then there's, you know, a lot, a lot of accountability mixed in with that. And so we try to provide uh, a lot of activity outside the walls of our church. We've done a thing called Bellevue Loves Memphis that has really helped us with that. That started in 2007. And just some other things that my wife and some other ladies and many of our people are doing in the school systems helping with that. So we definitely believe that's what we're supposed to be doing. Now, in Memphis, you've been the pastor of this church, Bellevue, for, I guess, nine years now. Nine years, almost. That's right. And there's a, there's a great enthusiasm about being in the community and really being the hands and feet of Jesus. It's exciting to see. Well, I think that all of the pastors before me had a heart for the city and for the world, and I think that's the way it ought to be. I know that Dr. Rogers was definitely in love with Memphis and love with the people of Memphis and such a great man of God. Mm. And they started a ministry out in Frazier called Impact Ministry that uh, was ministering to folks, some of which would probably never actually come to the main campus there in Cordova, but nevertheless needed the Lord. And mm. so Phil Weatherwax and some of the other folks helped start that ministry, and it continues today. Back in 2007, we did start a ministry called Bellevue Loves Memphis, and it was rooted in a lot of different things. I was uh, going through a time in my life where I was trying to really get some direction from the Lord for the church, and I kept coming across texts like Matthew 24, Isaiah 58, and they were talking about ministering to the least of these, and Jesus referred to all of that. You know, I called uh, some of our guys in missions. I said, you know, I... I need to be out preaching in some prisons. I need to be out reaching some people that can't do anything for us, you know. And so it wasn't long. I found myself over in Ricky's penitentiary over in Arkansas, <laughs> and I was preaching to about 300 prisoners. And I tell you, Richard, I've, I've never felt any more like the Lord's hand was on something than when I was doing that night. And I had started off, you know, back in Dyersburg, George Guthrie and I started in the ministry by teaching a Sunday school class in the Dyer County Jail. Hmm. 
and we were on the correct side of the bars. So I want you to know that. <laughs> anyway, we had not infiltrated the uh, prisoners uh, that mm. far. But anyway, we did every Sunday morning. We just taught a Sunday school lesson there. So it had been a while since I'd done that. But I was so fulfilled that night. Then we started talking about some other ways we could help the city. And David Coombs, our administrative pastor, and I met with the mayor of Memphis the day before Thanksgiving in 2007. And we told him, said, we are not looking for a photo op. We're not, we don't want to just give a little money, a token gift, and get our picture in the commercial appeal. Oh, how you know benevolent we are. Not that at all. We want, what can we do to make this city a better city? How can we serve the city? And if we have the opportunity, we'd like to share Christ. And I told them, you know, it really is something like community enhancement. And when I said that, you know, his eyes just got big. He said, where'd you get that phrase? And I said, well, the Lord gave it to us. And he went and brought in a, a notebook of uh, community enhancement. A department had just been founded, a $5 million emphasis, I believe. Mm. And he said, where did you get the phrase? I said, well, we didn't want to say, you know, disaster relief. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, but we want to minister. But we don't want to just do the social gospel where we just provide needs for people physically and then they die and go to hell. Mm. You know, we want to share the gospel. We want to use the, the service ministry to be service evangelism so that when we have the appropriate time, we can share the gospel. Because what does it matter, you know, if you create a good environment and people, again, don't have Christ and they're without hope, without God, eternity, you know, separated from him. If you think about it, if God just wanted us to make society better, the first sin was committed in a perfect environment. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we need to improve people's environments, but that's not the answer. The problem with man is in the heart. Mm -hmm. And so you need to deal with both. But we started a ministry called Bellevue Loves Memphis, and it was focused on four work days a year, one a quarter. And we send out, like this coming Saturday, we're going to be sending out about a 1,000 people. We'll do 31 projects. They're service evangelism projects where we go all over the city. We clean up urban blight. We help you know schools. We, we do all kind of things as far as painting playgrounds, repairing things. We have repaired many, if not all, of the public high school football fields here in Memphis. And we had a lot of equipment from back when we bought that stuff for Katrina, the hurricane and all that. So we've used that. Our people have gone in. They've helped uh, people, inner city churches, inner city homes with, you know, roofs, with just all kinds of repair work and everything else. And then as we go, we if we have the opportunity, politely, we are sharing the gospel as we go. We've seen people saved. We have block parties, mm. just a lot of different. But we're penetrating the city, and we really, it was based on a text of Scripture that I preached on recently out of Jeremiah. And it, it says in chapter 29, verse 7, Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will have welfare. Mm. And that city he was talking about was Babylon, a very pagan city. He was not talking about Jerusalem, but, but Babylon. And he would pray for them, minister to the city, love the city. And so we said, you know, the Lord loves Memphis. He loves the people in Memphis. Jesus died for the people in Memphis, and God wants the people in Memphis to be saved. So let's quit running from Memphis. Let's quit talking bad about Memphis. Let's quit trashing Memphis and all the bad things. Let's start looking at Memphis as a mission field, and it totally changed our church. And as our people go into the community, you know, I, I just heard Mark Batterson in Washington, D.C. last week. He said uh, one mission trip is worth uh, 52 sermons on missions. 
And uh, I believe that. And every time our people go into an inner city group, they're taking a, a local mission trip, if you will, because Memphis is our mission field. Amen. And we believe with all of our heart that God wants us to reach this city, the entire city, not run from anybody, not leave a neighborhood because it's, quote, changing, end quote, but let us change our changing neighborhoods with the gospel. And don't worry about it. You know, everybody, regardless of what color their skin is or where they have lived or what they've done, everybody needs Jesus. And so we believe with all of our heart that's what we're supposed to be doing. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Ministry in the Marketplace with your host, Richard Hamlet. Our guest on today's program is Dr. Steve Gaines, pastor of Bellevue Baptist Church. Coming up in our impact segment, Pastor Gaines will tell us about an initiative that is crossing denominational, racial, and economic boundaries to make an impact for Christ in Memphis, Tennessee. That's next on Ministry in the Marketplace. Evangelizing, equipping, empowering. It's the heartbeat of every endeavor GMF undertakes. One of GMF's strategies is to invest in real estate that provides safe, sanitary, affordable housing for low to moderate income people. Both social and spiritual services are extended to these communities. GMF provides empowerment rather than entitlement. Empowerment grows out of being adequately equipped with skills to break the generational cycle of poverty. GMF provides job training, after-school child services, dental and medical clinics, plus education for computer literacy, housekeeping, personal finance, as well as opportunities for spiritual growth. These services are provided at no cost to the residents and are completely voluntary. To learn how Global Ministries Fellowship is evangelizing, equipping, and empowering, visit gmfonline.org. That's gmfonline.org. In our Real-Time Impact segment, our conversation with Pastor Steve Gaines continues as he shares his vision not only for Bellevue, but for Memphis. Well, we see ourselves as a catalyst. A catalyst is something that speeds things along. We don't believe we're the only church in Memphis. We don't believe we're the most important church in Memphis. We don't believe that Bellevue is the only place that God is working. I believe that all of the evangelical churches that believe sound doctrine, they love Jesus, they love Mm -hmm. the Bible, they believe the Bible. I believe that all of our churches could be full and we would still need to reach more people in Memphis. So uh, we want to be that catalyst. And we did turn our fall workday into a Jesus Loves Memphis where we combine with dozens of other churches, evangelical churches, and we go out and it's we probably quadruple the number of people that work. It's really neat, too, because you have people, again, in the body of Christ working together on projects. And you know as well as I do, when you work with somebody, you get to know them. And so you've got people from a predominantly white church working with a predominantly African-American church or a predominantly Latino church or whatever. And there's just such a sweet fellowship in the whole thing. And by the end of the day, everybody's got a lot of new friends. And I think anything we can do to build bridges in the body of Christ is going to help because we're praying that God would use us to be not only a catalyst to help minister and to, to do projects, but to be a catalyst for spiritual awakening in Memphis and to this nation. And so we believe that God has marked Memphis as a special place. We believe we're praying that it will be an epicenter for a great mighty movement of God in revival, that God's people would be revived, and then we could have an awakening where a lot of people get saved. 
Well, Brother Steve, we are so glad that you came to share with us today, and uh, we just pray for God's richest blessings upon your ministry in Memphis. Well, thank you, and I just want all the people out there, pray for Memphis, speak well about Memphis, don't curse Memphis, bless Memphis, and see it as your mission field and embrace it, because I tell you, God wants to do a great work in Memphis. This is Ministry in the Marketplace. And now, with today's wrap-up, is Richard Hamlet. Well, as we begin to bring this program to a close, uh, you've heard a lot of things today from the Word of God and from practical ministry in the marketplace. And so now, here comes the challenge. Are you ready? That God has a special place for you. He has a special platform for you to be his minister in the market. That's right. You say, well, Brother Richard, I'm not a pastor. I'm not an elder. I'm not a church leader. Well, congratulations. You have met the qualifications because every day, wherever you are, you are Christ's hands and feet and his mouth. And you are the one who God has placed in the path of people walking the streets the community, wherever you are, there are those who need to hear and see the love of Jesus Christ. There should be a stirring in your heart right now as you think about those who are within your domain, your network of relationships, whatever you do in activity. Remember, that's how we define the markets, 24-7, human relationships, human activity. There should be those who need to hear the good news of Christ. Now, let me warn you at this point. There will be those who will not take kindly possibly your message. Don't expect sharing the love of Christ in word and deed, as John tells us to in his epistle, and for people to just line up and say, we've been expecting you to come. No, as you saw and actually heard from Acts 17 today, as Paul was in a very hostile environment, so we are within the world system because the Bible says to be friends with the world is to be at enmity with God. So what we're saying here is to pursue relationships in the world, to have friends who are in the world, but who you love so much that you want them to be transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is good news. And so I just want to pray for you now, and I'm going to pray that God will equip you and enable you and energize you to be his ambassador within the markets and the activities of your daily life. Heavenly Father, we pray now for these listeners, and Lord, you know them by name. And Lord, I just pray that right now that you would give them a spirit of boldness, you would give them a spirit of confidence, Lord, that you would just make clear to them that they are significant, that they may be the only Jesus or picture of Jesus or voice of Jesus that they will ever hear or see in this world. God, we realize that there are people in the United States that are in the, this area of the country, even the Bible Belt, Father, who have really never heard the authentic gospel of Christ in their generation. Lord, would you just bless these dear friends, and may God, they be of great joy today because they are an important person within the building of the kingdom of God on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to Ministry in the Marketplace. The goal and objective of this program is to encourage creative ways to advance the gospel and to reach the lost through non-traditional means. Perhaps you've discovered some ways of sharing your faith that you'd like to share with us. And if so, here's our email address. It's info at gmf.com 
richardhamletonline.org. You can follow Richard Hamlet on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at Richard Hamlet. We hope you'll join us again next time when Reverend Richard Hamlet and Global Ministries Fellowship bring you another edition of Ministry in the Marketplace.